Hey everybody, uh, this is Matt and Dara, and uh, welcome to the He Said We Said podcast, where we just dig into life and God's Word as husband and wife, man and woman, and talk about it. So, are you ready to start? Yes, let's go. We're gonna start. Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the He Said We Said podcast. <laughs> My wife and I are. Reading today through The Chosen devotional like we do every week. Go back and listen to other episodes. Uh, If you don't know what The Chosen is, check out Google. Type The Chosen uh, series and you'll find it. Um, It's on VidAngel. It's free on YouTube. It's mind-blowing. Yeah, their Christmas special comes out actually just a few minutes and season two is already being filmed. Yeah, it'll change your life uh, and maybe just change the way you view Jesus. So today we're digging into, um, day 10 of the devotional and it's titled tested. So here's how this works. Uh, every week, one of us reads it. And then at the end, we have some questions that we ask that we encourage you to wrestle with as well. So, um, yeah, that's Dara's week to read. So she's going to read through all this stuff and then ask a bunch of thought provoking questions that we're going to all wrestle with that includes you. So, uh, hi, babe. Hi, love. You ready to have fun? I'm super ready. Okay. So, day 10, tested. He is he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of, of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. Colossians 1, 15 through 17. Holy cow, that's not an easy read. That's a mouthful. It was, yes, absolutely. All things were created through Jesus, and the factors composing his tests in the wilderness were no exception. Matthew 4, 1 sets the scene. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Right off the bat, we're clued into who's in control. Ooh, that's interesting. I've never noticed that part. Then, Connett's Connett's time, obviously, so do 40 days and nights. Thousands of years before he was miraculously conceived into it, Jesus created the passage of time. Prior to his incarnation, he transcended every physical law and dimension that governs this world. Then Jesus set omnipresence aside and surrendered himself to the vassalage of time. In the beginning, Jesus created the Judean wilderness. He spoke into existence the rocky terrain, deep ravines, barren grades, and scant vegetation. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, the precise coordinates for this period of his own suffering were noted. Jesus set uh, set opulence aside and surrendered himself to the blistering, desolate landscape. The body Jesus inhabited was made. He designed his own human suit. He constructed its cellular respiration, metabolic reactions, and its biochemical energy. Knowing how each of these complex systems would respond to his voluntary deprivation. Jesus was experiencing psychologically what he designed supernaturally. And he set heavenly perfection aside and surrendered himself to physical depletion. Yeah. That's pretty crazy to think about <clears throat> what you're reading right now because I've never actually, you know, obviously Jesus was with God when everything was created, but I never stopped to take the time to think about like the wilderness experience or the crucifixion experience and the fact that 
Jesus was with God when this whole plan, when they knew how it was going to play out mm -hmm. and that he created the landscape that he was playing in. Mm -hmm. That's, it's a pretty awesome uh, revelation to have because it's easy to think, well, God created all of this, but it's easy to forget that Jesus was with God mm -hmm. exactly. when God created it all. So he knew the landscape. That's awesome. That's why I always say Jesus to me is one of the biggest examples of faith because he had to have faith and trust in God's plan to be able to do this. So he had to trust what God was showing him would happen. Trust is what they created and trust that it would work. It's kind of like a kid when you drop him off at school, mm -hmm. sort of. I mean, obviously Jesus knew the story and what was going to happen, but you know, like when you, you think about when your kids are in like kindergarten, right? And it's their first time going there mm -hmm. and we're parents and we drop them off at school and they trust that we're going to show back up. Mm -hmm. If you look at it in its most simplistic form, God dropped Jesus off on earth. Like he knew he was getting what he was getting himself into. Uh, but it was his first time at school. <laughs> it was his first time <laughs> being dropped off on earth mm -hmm. in skin. And he had to trust God was going to pick him up at the end of the school day. Right. That's insane. Mm -hmm. That's an insane amount of trust. And we're called to be like him. Yeah, I know. We're awesome. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we're yeah, God's yeah. kids, so we rock. Mm -hmm. Even his temper was created. God created Satan as Lucifer, the highest ranking angel who rebelled and was cast to earth, where he was, has operated as the devil ever since. How Satan became evil is unexplained. God saw it fit to keep that part a mystery. But what the testing in the wilderness makes crystal clear is that nothing can foil God's divine purposes, not timing, not harrowing circumstances, and certainly not Satan. For the sake of our being chosen, Jesus put all opposition in its place, literally. Then he was led by the Spirit to surrender himself to the will of the Father. The disciples were tested. The religious leaders were tested. Pilate was tested. We are tested. We can't know in advance how we'll respond to it, and success or failure is not determined by us. But make no mistake, the test is not an accident. Okay, I'll let you read that for us. Right on. The prayer focus goes back to when we were creating the thumbnail for the show, and you're like, no one likes tests. Mm -hmm. And here's the prayer focus. <clears throat> so for those listening... I'm going to read this prayer focus, then we're going to pray. So I ask that you pray with us if you're driving. Don't bow your head or close your eyes. Uh, God can hear you with your eyes open. Um, but you were saying, like, no one likes tests. And here we go. No one likes tests. <laughs> ask God to help you not only survive them, but to thrive under them and be drawn closer to him through them. God, we hate being tested uh, as people. Uh, Lord, we know that. When we stop and think about it, you strengthen us through the different tests that we experience. But God, we ask for your help to not just survive the testing that goes on in our lives, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, uh, physiological, whether it's testing through illness or uh, the loss of a loved one. God, we ask that you would not only help us get through those tests, but that you would give us your strength to thrive underneath them so that we can be closer to you through those experiences. God, we thank you for knowing <laughs> the plan when we surely do not, but we praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Moving forward. Okay. I think we need a jingle for right before the questions. It's like, moving forward. So people hear like a nifty jingle. Well, they just heard it. I just sang it for them. You're welcome, everyone listening. I love
love that you respect me enough that we can disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I also like think a jingle's not a bad thing, though. <laughs> we'll get there. Jesus. Okay, so the first question. <laughs> do you believe God has designed all of the elements opposing your tests? Explain why or why not. All the elements what? Composing. Oh. Composing, sorry. I was like, all I, the elements I, that sorry, go against my I test? said opposing. Yes, all of the <laughs> elements composing your tests. Explain why or why not. I didn't before, uh, before I believed in God. Like, and even after, you know what? Like, personally, I, there were points, I think a lot of times when I was facing tests in my life, I thought they were attacks from the enemy. Mm -hmm. So I'd be like, God, why are you letting the enemy attack me? Because I never even thought for a moment that this could possibly be God testing how I would respond in that moment because he had something greater that he wanted to entrust me to. Like, good example, 2017, when I, like, boom, two companies folded, crap. Mm -hmm. But literally uh, six months before that, I people listening to the show don't know this, but <clears throat> I was leasing a home that was like, dream house to me like super baller big right house because my life was all about money and, <laughs> and sh big shiny crap including way too bedazzled jeans and uh and here i had this huge home that i got a great deal on um everything about it in hindsight should have been a red flag but um i had this home i was gonna buy it uh i was leasing it because their realtor really did them the people wrong like when i went and looked at the home the realtor was like hey these people are going broke just make them any offer because they're gonna lose it anyway cool. and I, and i literally lost all and like thought that realtor has no integrity with me i don't want to ever do business with them but i wanted the house so badly so i went back and looked at the house again a few weeks later i drove by it and the sign was gone so i knocked on their door and was like hey are you not selling your home and they're like we can't afford to because if we sell it, we can't pay the realtor's commission, so it wouldn't pay off the home mm. at the price they were asking, which was way under market uh, in the middle of winter. Okay. <clears throat> so a bad season in Michigan to buy. And I said, well, hey, what if I lease it until your contract with your realtor is over? Because I, I wouldn't do business with your realtor either because of what they said to me, right? Like I told them. And so we wrote a lease deal, everything was fine, I'm leasing it. And then right before our agreement, like right before we were to close on it, the, a pipe broke in my bathroom that did $26,000 worth of damage to the home. It was in the wall. It literally destroyed my entire master bathroom floor, my master bathroom, the ceiling um, on the level below, the whole bathroom below, like all of it was ruined. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was $26,000 and change worth of damage. So we had to extend it out. We were just like, oh, we'll wait till January. We'll close then so their, their insurance could cover it. No big deal. So I thought. Well, in December, I get back from a work trip to a foreclosure notice on my door. And I'm like, well, they, they must put it on the wrong house. So I called the bank and they asked me, hey, is this the name of the homeowner's home? And I'm like, well, I'm leasing it from them, actually. Um, we're closing in January. I'm buying this home. And they said, well, they haven't made a mortgage payment since February. I'm like, well, I moved in in February, right? So here I am, like I had given thousands of dollars to them down to move in. I put in a new pool liner, a new pool pump, a diving board. Like I had, yeah, I had like about house. 30 grand wrapped up in this house. I'd lived there 10 months and I had been paying them $1,500 a month for the lease as well. On top of all the utilities, mm -hmm. all the renovations. So I'm probably $30,000 deep into this home in 10 months, not counting the bathroom repairs that insurance is going to cover. And the company, <clears throat> the mortgage company, you know, they go through all the due diligence. They send somebody out. Well, as all this is taking place, I'm like going, hey, I'm closing in January. There's always time. 
And they were like, nope, if you want to buy it, it's 50 grand more because my sales contract had expired in August. We never wrote a new sales contract before the bank put them in foreclosure. So I'm losing my mind going, I'm losing this house that I want so badly. Mm -hmm. And there was no way to reconcile this deal short of just arbitrarily paying another 50 grand, which I didn't have. I wasn't yet, I hadn't yet hit this point when my company's mm -hmm. where I was gonna lose them. So here I am going, well, I'm gonna lose this house. This is horrible, whatever. Uh, so I had like six months left I could live in it and then it was done. Well, three months into that six months, the the AC unit starts having problems and floods the bottom of the house, which is gonna cost another twelve to $15,000 to replace. I had, a, I had to do a furnace and an air conditioning unit. So that was an issue. <clears throat> and then literally the, the move out date comes, I move out and right after moving out a month later, the company that I had in, like was a partner in and another company that I had sold to an employee, both of those people went sideways on me and I lost 90% of my income overnight. And at that moment I was like, God, what? You know, like, and I wasn't even following God with my life, but I still believed in him. Mm -hmm. And I, I was questioning like, oh God, like, why are you letting the devil do this? Like, is it, is it because I threw away my calling? Like, what am I doing wrong that you're letting him attack me like this? And in hindsight, God knew I was going to get done dirty on the business deals. Mm -hmm. He knew I wouldn't have the money to pay for not only that keeping the home, but for the repairs it was going to need in the same time period over that same period uh one of the two septic tanks cracked the other one was in a hill that was a 30 degree grade that would have required probably 30 or forty thousand dollars worth of excavating equipment to come out put in a dry well like it was a disaster and god knew what was coming for me that i didn't know so he was like the last thing you need is the money pit for a home true because you're not going to be able to afford it and you're going to lose it then so I blamed the devil for all these problems going on. But what I didn't realize was God was protecting me. But that was a test mm -hmm. of like, how am I going to respond to this? Am I just going to trust God and be like, I don't know what's going on, God, but I know you got a plan. Or am I going to fail the test? And I failed the test miserably back then. <laughs> well, I, I think that's honest. True. And I think people should know that too. Like, listen, who you were yesterday isn't who you are today in a journey, right? Like, mm -hmm. Um, even if you're a Christ follower and I, and I was a believer, but I wasn't following, but that was an example of a test in my life where I failed. And you can see how God put it all together for the test for you. Yeah. So now fast forward time, like when we go through trials, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's, I'm less quick to blame the devil and more quick to go. Everything bad in the world is from the devil. I mean, or, you know, like it is a result of the fall. Mm-hmm. But I think now I'm more apt to go, God, what are you doing in this? Than to go, God, why are why are you allowing this? Or what are you why are you doing this? So rather than blaming him, you're now looking for him in it. Yeah, kind of like before it was like either I'm blaming the devil or or inadvertently I was blaming God for allowing the devil. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I'm going, okay, is there a lesson I'm supposed to learn in this? That's my first go-to now. Uh, even if it sucks, even if it's hard, even if I'm crying myself to sleep in my mind, uh, if there's something hard going on, like my first response now is to to go, okay, God, what what am I supposed to see in what you're doing? 
Mm-hmm. And and then to, to just trust that there's something there. And then if this isn't of him, I trust that he'll reveal what's happening so that um, so that he can guide me through it. So it's just a it's a different approach that I would have never taken had I not gone through some of that other testing. What about what about with you though? Like Do I believe he's designed the elements? Absolutely. Um for me the perfect example is when I was laid off. I mean, oh, let's see yeah. September first. I September first I write in my prayer journal asking God for clear direction on my job. Because I knew something <laughs> was slightly off. I knew it wasn't right. I wasn't in the right right direction. And so yes, I pray and I ask for I, I think the answer is going to be either the promotion or a new job offer because I was open, but I had asked for a clear answer by the end of the month. The last Friday of the month, I get laid off. That was a clear answer. <laughs> but <laughs> Sort of. That I just had to, I mean, I'm, unlike you, I think this was one test I actually passed <laughs> because my first reaction was to call you to pray. Yeah. My first response at the sign that something was wrong was to call you and for us to stop and to pray. And I truly believe had I not handled that moment correctly and what I was going to do and lots of subsequent moments, there was a lot of testing going on right immediately after that. But it would have been different. The outcome would have been different. So I believe he does it because he not only knows what we can handle, he knows how far we've grown, so he wants to see if we can step up, and he knows what he wants to do. I think you're spot on with that. And for those that don't know, the quick recap of my wife's, what she's talking about with being laid off and us handling it, in, in that moment, it's frightening, right? You, mm-hmm. We weren't married yet. I'm living across the country, and you're like a mom doing this all on her own, mm-hmm. and you're like, this is frightening, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what God's doing. I've got enough to get me through for a few months. But in that moment, when that company let you go, they gave you a a really generous severance package. And it wasn't just you. They let go a whole department of 200 and something people. But you got a generous severance package. And then literally, it wasn't, you know, a month or so later, boom, you had another career. But also look at the fact, hold on, if you look and you backpack. Part of what came in that was my vacation pay that we had planned. I had planned on using up to donate my kidney. Oh, yeah. yeah, I had saved up two. I'd saved up three weeks of vacation, two to be medically released to go and recover from donating my kidney, which I wasn't able to do, unfortunately. And so they paid you for that time, too. And the week we had for our wedding to save up. So I was paid out three weeks of vacation pay. On top of your severance yeah, pay on top of and me. your regular pay. Exactly. So there was the testing of how did I handle not being able to donate my kidney. Well, that that one I did fail. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, not really. You were willing. You weren't able. But so it is ultimately, what it is. yes, God controls every single element of it because he knows the big picture and he knows what's coming and he knows what he is doing. Well, that's where I tie it back to. In hindsight, when we looked back, we were like, And this is the part that to me was like seeing God's plan and trusting. And you did an amazing job during the test. Looking back, when COVID hit, that whole company basically folded, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, it was very much. Even the very top leadership was moved out. And those people didn't all get severance packages. And like they just lost their jobs. Mm -hmm. And looking back, it was like, wow, what felt like 
something painful was actually a test and a, to see a blessing how, a blessing yeah and to see like how how were you going to respond to on that moment and i wonder had you not responded the way you did i, I like you know you wonder how much different it could have been would you not have gotten a job a month later right like would would those opportunities not have arisen because you weren't there's a scripture that says, you know, if you're faithful with a little, you'll be faithful with more. Exactly. And and we see the parable of the talents and things like that. And and it, you were in a moment of testing and and struggle where most people would be like focused on the fear. And you you stopped and said, we need to pray. And then after it, you said you were honest. Like, don't I don't want people listening to think like, oh, because they have Jesus, they don't ever get scared about. Oh that. no, I was terrified. Yeah. But I remember distinctly coming home screaming once and hearing God say, that's enough. I've got you. And I spent a week not telling anybody and things like that. But it was a test and I'm grateful for it because I see what he did through it. I mean, that's how I started my nonprofit. And you took the time to pray afterwards, too, and really mm -hmm. focus on, God, what do you want me to do with this? Absolutely. That's, that was awesome. I'd say, oh, you passed that test in my book. <laughs> Oh, so what's the most difficult test you've ever had to surrender to? I think we both answered those. Uh, no, that was a big test. The oh, most difficult true. one was you. Really? Yep, because I had already made up my mind that I was never going to date anybody or get married again. And so you were a test. And a, well, a test that I passed. <laughs> yes, Thank <I> God. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, I, you know, we, we've talked about this, but been previously married stuff twice and the second time stuff was horrible mm -hmm. and i just made up my mind that i was relationally toxic and that really i didn't think anybody was trustworthy anymore so then you came along and i and then i fell in love with you mm -hmm. and but that you were a test i didn't see coming and god obviously did and and okay. i didn't I honestly didn't know from the beginning how I was going to, if I was even going to take the test, <laughs> let alone pass it. And uh, so I would say that was probably the hardest test because I had to never before have I been in a place like short of my children. Mm -hmm. Never have I been in a place in my life where I w was willing to put someone before me. Mm. And I think that was the true test is and that you definitely do. You are excellent at putting me first and I'm grateful. Well, it's easy because I feel like you do the same. And I think that's the, the crazy part of that test though, is like, you know, relationally, a relationship can't work if, if each person doesn't put the other person before themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was, that was a test from God to go, Hey, are, are do you think you're actually mature enough to do this? Or are you going to keep being selfish and, and want what you want all the time without putting someone else before you? And here we are, yes, happily married for a 3.4 months later. Which is really funny because now that you talk about it, I'm, I know what one of my hardest ones were. And it actually has to do with you um, ah. going into ministry. And I've told you the story that um, – I sought God and I had been asking for a husband because I wanted to have this relationship right here. Um, but I remember asking God very prayerfully as I was pursuing and seeking his will for ministry, him asking me, what if I said you never had one? That, and if that was my price for pursuing ministries, I would remain single. That's right. You did think you were going to have to do that. And I remember thinking okay and just thinking okay if that's what you ask of me i'd be willing to do it 
but still feeling heartbroken. Sure. At the moment and feeling heartbroken over it and knowing that what I was giving up, but I had to trust in what I was being asked to let go of for the idea of, for the purpose of following Christ. Well, the good news for you is that you. your reward was me. Absolutely. I'm pr I'm fairly great. You are. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love you. I love you, too. Okay, let's do this last test one. Whether you're in a test now or one is coming, what are some ways you can better withstand it? Uh, it ties into the little video that I did today, and that is invite Jesus in the boat. Like, we see so many tests in the Bible, and what... When Jesus, when Peter went out fishing and had a night of crap fishing and it just sucked and his day was over and he was like, mm -hmm. he was cleaning the nets because it was done. He didn't even catch a minnow, I said, right? Jesus was like, hey, can I borrow your boat to stand here and preach a sermon? Mm -hmm. Like, that was a test. Like, it, that would what right there was. And it's like, if you think about that, like, let's say your deadliest catch and you just have the roughest night on the waters and you bring home nothing. And then some random street preacher guy that you've not yet met says, hey, can I borrow your boat real quick? I got some people that want to hear this sermon that I got to chat, to, to share with them. Mm -hmm. How many people would be like, you know what? Sure. Because that's why I bought this boat for some random street preacher to get on it. <laughs> right? Like, if you think, but like how many people would, would do what Peter did and go, you know what? Sure. Go ahead. Get in. Yeah. And then when Jesus got done, he's like, hey, let's push off and go fishing. And Peter, Peter's like the fisherman, like his whole life, like he, that's his vocation. Nobody's better than him. So how, how much of a test was that for him to be like, cause he's like, he, even he kind of fails it a little. He's like, y you know, I was just out all night and didn't even catch a minnow. Right. right. But, but he actually passed the test, but he, he had a moment of questioning. Right. But then he goes, all right, master, we'll, we'll do what you say. Mm -hmm. So like that right there, like inviting jesus in the boat was the test so for the test that we're going through now the test that we're going to face going forward peter's story is an example of he went out he tried to take the test alone all night and he failed mm -hmm. he invites jesus in the boat the blessings are there so if we're going through a tough time to me i would say invite jesus into every situation mm -hmm. not just the tough ones invite him into the celebrations invite him to the party he wants to party too <laughs> right? right invite him remember he turned water into wine like he wants to be there in the celebration mm -hmm. and if you bring him into the celebration if you bring him into every moment you don't have to go through it alone mm -hmm. and he is god exactly so what, what do you think mine is similar mine is go to prayer i mean if that is our first response in the moment of a test we will never fail it. That's a good word. That's true. Mm -hmm. But yeah, because no, I mean, we are, but because we're not doing it right. Like we're not doing it by ourselves, though, right? Like if exactly, we, exactly. if we pray, you, you if pray, we, you're inviting Jesus into the boat. Yeah, you have to pray now, really, to invite him in. Yeah, he's not gonna say, "Hey, can I come into your boat?" I mean, he's going to, but you. He's been saying it all along. Right, exactly. <laughs> so we're saying the same thing. It's just, yeah. How do you? How are you getting to it? And prayer really needs to be. Um, inviting Jesus into the boat it needs to be our first response to everything. I agree. It, I mean, you are you pray over us as soon as we wake up. You invite him into our day as soon as we wake up and before we go to sleep. And I absolutely love that. And look at how much different our days are. 
True. And he's going to be there anyway. True. And I think that's the difference, too. A lot of people don't think about it. It's like, God's going to be part of your day, whether you invite him or not. Yeah. So is, is he a bystander who has to stand back and watch because you're keeping him at our links? Or is he in right up close to you? Yes. Is he right there with you in everything? A lot of times we do keep Jesus, God. We keep him at... Remember that show? Was it Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? That was his lifeline? Yeah. yeah. Remember the like, phone yep. a friend, mm-hmm. right? Like... I think we we oftentimes we keep God and Jesus like a phone a friend like mm-hmm. I like I'm I'm gonna handle this all, but if I if I finally can't then I'll give you a shot and yep. it's like Jesus said his burden was light, his yoke was easy. So if it's not easy and it's not light, we're not letting him do it. Mm-hmm. So we're not we're not bringing him alongside to say hey you show me the way. If we, I think if we pray. Mm-hmm. And we invite Jesus to like be part of this with me. Like I don't want to do this alone, even if it's something you're a master at, like you're the best at. Like to just be like, you know what? Why would I do this by myself? Even if I'm the best human being at this, I'm never better than God at it. No, exactly. And that's why I want to invite him in because he's the one who gave me the gift. So to tell him to deny his presence with me is is to not show him honor to the gift. Yeah, that's like. That's like, uh, let's say you're a, a, a great watch person, <laughs> like a watch crafts person, right? You can open up a Rolex and clean it. Well, you're never going to be better at it than the person that made the Rolex, mm-hmm. right? Like that that beautiful piece of craftsmanship. It's like, do you want to work on it yourself? Even if you've watched all the YouTube videos, mm-hmm. do you really want to take apart this beautiful timepiece and work on it yourself? Or would you rather have the craftsman that designed it and created it do the work? Mm-hmm. I'd rather have the craftsman do the work. Or tell you how to do the work. Yeah, that's true. Well, this is a good, fun show. I love it you. It was a good week. Thanks to all of you that listened. If you like it, you can buy us coffee. But if you like it, what we'd really rather you do is share it with other people. And, and go watch The Chosen. And go read your Bibles. Yes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next Sunday or maybe sooner. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to do this twice. So we'll do it sooner. All right. Bye. Bye.